Hey guys, it's Scott. I just want to thank you for tuning into the Blue Ridge Church podcast. You know, I hope this is encouraging to you. I hope it's inspiring to you. And I pray most of all, it's going to help you on your faith journey. So enjoy today. Hey, welcome again to Blue Ridge Church. Uh, welcome to our online campus. And if you're with us for the first time, my name is Scott, but we are so glad that you're here. Uh, I can't believe there's eight days until Christmas. You know, not to put shock or fear into you, but eight days until we celebrate Christmas. But what I want to do is I want to make sure that you know what our Christmas schedule is here at the church. So obviously Christmas Eve falls on a Sunday this year, which is pretty cool. So we will have our normal service times plus a three o'clock service. So I have an 8.30, 9.45, and a three o'clock service. All of those services are identical in nature. It doesn't matter which one you come to Unless you want child care in middle school, they're going to be at the first three services. There won't be any uh, child care or middle school with the fourth service at the three o'clock service. That's a chance for our volunteers to come and to worship at a Christmas Eve service. But I tell you that uh, to make sure it's on your calendar, but also to help us to get the word out on those service times. And I want to encourage you to bring a friend, you know, somebody you know that doesn't have a church home or um, maybe has never been to church, that's a great opportunity uh, to bring them to church. You know I'm not going to embarrass them or single them out. Uh, we'll just tell them about Christ. And this time of year, people are more receptive to Christ than any other time of the year. So if you'll help us with that, that would be awesome. But we're in the second week of our Christmas series, cleverly titled Christmas 2023. Every year we come up with a clever title for that. But Hardy came last week and kicked this series off, and he talked a little bit about the righteousness of Christ and how that was one of the gifts that Jesus brought. He makes us righteous in God's eyes when we have a relationship with him. And then he encouraged us to kind of look at Christmas maybe differently this year and and potentially do something differently for another person or, or for someone in your family to really be looking for those opportunities as God opens those doors. You know, Christmas time, we all have different traditions, different things that maybe we do in our families or with our friends, or if you're by yourself, there's certain things that you do at Christmas time, and they remind us of Christmas. And as we get closer to that season, we start thinking about those things that we do that are so exciting and fun in our lives. And I think if you look at the Christmas story, there's some things that God wants us to remember about Christmas, but also to carry throughout our entire lives. When you think about Christmas, obviously you think about Jesus, right, and the birth of Jesus. But what else do you think about when you think about Christmas time? And I think for a lot of people, you think about kids, right? Or you think about if you've got grandkids, you think about your grandkids because Christmas time for a kid It's like the most exciting time of the year, and it's that anticipation, those family traditions and those things that we do that make Christmas so special is what they look forward to. I can still remember, you know, what our routine was on Christmas Eve, and, and, you know, we go to my grandparents, and we go to my cousin's house, and then we went home, and we had certain traditions we did as a family, and then Christmas Day, you know, there was certain things that we did, but they remind us all year long about why Christmas is so special. And the Christmas story does the same for us on our spiritual journey. There's certain things we can learn 
and focus on this time of year that's going to help us on our spiritual journey. And so we're going to look at a few of those practical things that we can do or be reminded of at Christmas. And if you want to follow along with our notes, like they said, uh, I'll ask them to put that QR code up and you can just scan that QR code if you want to follow along with our notes. But Christmas is a great time to remember that, that Christmas is for everybody. Jesus's birth is for every single person on this earth. Look at Galatians chapter 4, verses 4 and 5. But when the right time came, God sent his son, born of a woman, subject to the law. God sent him to buy freedom for us who were slaves to the law so that he could adopt us as his very own children. And one thing we got to remember about the Christmas message in the scripture is God waited for just the right time to send Jesus to this earth. And we got to know that God's timing for that was perfect. And it opened the door to that righteousness Abraham talked about last week to every single person. So here's one practical thing that Christmas reminds us of, and it's learning number one, if you're taking notes, Christ came so we don't have to worry. Christ came to this earth to remind us that we don't have to be full of worry and anxiety or fear any time of our lives. The problem is Christmas and the whole holiday is kind of structured in a way that it makes us worry. It brings up all these fears in our life. So I'm just going to ask you to do a little self-reflection. And you're not sharing with anybody else, but what is it that you're worried about this Christmas? Maybe you're worried about your finances, or you're worried about your job or, or the overall economy. Maybe it's money-related for you. Others of you, maybe you're worried about your health, or you're worried about the health of someone in your family. Maybe it's a relationship, your marriage, or a relationship with your children, or your grown children. Maybe it's your very own uh, dating relationship. Maybe it's something bigger. Maybe it's the turmoil that's going on in our world today. But what is it that you're worried about this Christmas? Because it's interesting to me when we review the Christmas story, you know, the angel of the Lord appears to Mary. And then the angel later appears to the, to the shepherds. And the first thing the angel announced and said was, don't be afraid. Don't be afraid. Don't be full of worry. Don't be full of fear. And, and if you look at God and the nature of God, he doesn't want his people to be full of fear. He doesn't want us constantly worrying throughout our life. And if you read the entirety of the scripture, multiple times God is trying to teach us this lesson. Fear is not from me. Worry is not from me. Many times when God speaks in the Bible, he, he starts off by saying, don't be afraid. Do not fear. Because that's his heart's desires, that we would truly trust him all the time and not have these fears. Think about it like this. Those of you who are parents and you have kids, and if they're older kids, think back to when they were younger. Or if you're a grandparent, think about your grandkids. But do you want your kids to be afraid? Do you want them to constantly be full of worry and fear? Let's say your grandkid comes over to spend the night, and they have a nightmare in the middle of the night. 
How do you handle that? Do you walk into their room and say, hey, knock it off. You know, suck it up. This is the way life is. Life is not always good, and you're keeping your grandmother and me awake tonight. No. What would you do? If your kid had a nightmare, your grandkid, you'd go in there and you'd, you'd reassure them. You'd tell them exactly what the Lord said. You'd say, hey, don't be afraid. Don't fear. There's nothing to worry about. I'm right here with you. That's the same way that God is, and that's the way God wants us to hear him to not be afraid. And if you think about it, most of the things that you and I worry about, the things that we fear, they're never going to come true. They're never even going to come to fruition, although we spent all this time worrying about it. We will what if ourselves to death. Well, what if this happens? What if that happens? What if this doesn't work out? What if that doesn't work out? We tend to worry about things that we can't control, and that's why God says, I don't want you to be full of fear. I don't want you to worry, and we all know this. We can't control the outcome by worrying, but we still do it, right? Look at Luke 12, verses 25 through 26, and besides, what's the use of worrying? What good does it do? Will it add a single day to your life? Of course not. And if worrying can't even do such little things as that, what's the use in worrying over bigger things? In other words, whatever you're dealing with right now, whatever's on your mind, that issue that I keep playing over and over in my head, the issue you keep replaying over and over in your head, you keep trying to solve under your own power, God's got that, he says. God says, it's under control. So what are we to do with worry and fear? How do we handle it when we do start to feel that worry and, and fear well up inside of us? And I know it's going to sound like a, a church answer because it is a church answer. But 1 Peter 5, 7, give all your worries and cares to God for he cares about you. And that's not just some one-off verse in the scripture. That's God's heart the same heart that you have for your kids. You want them to give you your worries and your cares and your fears, their fears. You want them to give them to you, right? You don't want them carrying that stuff through life. It's the same way with God. So if, if God cared enough to send an angel to Mary to tell her not to be afraid, and God cared enough to send an angel to the shepherds to say, don't be afraid, what's the one thing this year you would like to take God at his word and not worry about. What's that one thing? Uh, probably a better way to phrase it is, what is it that if God was talking to you right now would say, Scott, I don't want you to worry about this anymore. I don't want you to fear this anymore. What is it for you? I mean, for me, I'll just tell you, into next year, I'm gonna try to stop worrying so much about the future. I'm a, I'm a worrier when it comes to the future. Well, what, you know, what if this happens and how do we do this and how do we handle that? And, and I'm gonna try to just focus on each day. And I know that's easier said than done because it's a big struggle, but what is it for you that you'd like to stop worrying about this Christmas or fearing? Christmas is a great reminder. We don't have to be full of worry and fear. Here's something else, learning number two. Christ came to show us how to have great relationships. When you think about the purpose and the reason 
that Jesus came. He came to reconcile us, right? To reconcile us to him, to his heavenly father. But he also calls us to reconcile with others. Christmas is a time, like it or not, is a time of relationships. And it's an opportunity to fix what's wrong and broken and damaged in our relationships. It's a chance to build and strengthen our relationships. Why is that? Because at Christmas time, we see people we don't normally see. We see, you know, distant cousins or aunts or uncles, or, or maybe we see, uh, you know, an ex-spouse, you know, or, or old friends. But it can be a time to rebuild some of those relationships that have been strained in the past, to, to reconcile with the people that we're at odds with. The King James Version of the Scripture in Luke 2.14 says this, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace, goodwill towards men. What is that? Goodwill towards men, peace on earth. That's reconciliation, right? That's being in the best possible position we can be with the people that God places in our life. It should be a time we get along with people. Our Christmas get-togethers and stuff should be marked with love and harmony. But let me ask you a question. If you had to describe your Christmas get-togethers or that party that you go to, are those the two words you would use, love and harmony? No, right? Conflict and disaster? Yeah, that's probably... Uh, you know, a better term. Often it is. It's a time of struggle because we see people, we see those extended family members, we see, honestly, we see people we really don't like all that much, right? But we do it because it's what we do. It's what we do every Christmas. But we have families and, and friends that we don't see eye to eye with, right? We don't see eye to eye politically, we don't see eye to eye when it comes to religion or policies or rules or freedoms that we have in this country. And then you get together and you have a meal or you have a party and then old memories come up. Somebody, bring, somebody brings it up, right? Or, or those tensions, that, that resentfulness you have towards that person, it starts to surface and the conflict ensues. Or it, it's those special relatives, right? You know the ones I'm talking about. They're on the total opposite end of the spectrum as you are in every single area of their life. And it's not just you that knows who the special relatives are in your family. It's the whole family knows this, right? Everywhere they go, they're full of drama. It's got to be, you know, all about them. They cause chaos wherever they go. They just have a way of sucking all the fun out of Christmas, right? They're what society would refer to as a hot mess. If you're sitting at home right now, or you're here, and you're scratching your head, and you're trying to figure out who that person is in your family, it's you. <laughs> Merry Christmas from Blue Ridge Church. But ask yourself a question, who is it that I, I need to try a little harder with this year? Who is it I need to reach out to this Christmas? Who could I restore or improve my relationship with? Because listen, if you're a follower of Christ, the humility has to start with us. So not only is Christmas a great time to get rid of those worries 
and fears. It's not only a great time to have an opportunity to enhance and rebuild and improve some of those relationships, but learning number three, here's another thing it gives us the opportunity to do. Christ came to give us forgiveness, and he calls us to forgive. So Christmas, you know, it's a great time to be forgiven, but it's also a great time to forgive others. Now, naturally, when we think about Christmas, we think about the forgiveness that Jesus brought us. But how many of us want to really go the extra mile and do what Christ calls us to do and to forgive other people? That's hard to do. And I'm not naive. I know that forgiveness and forgiving another person who's hurt us or done us wrong, that's one of the hardest things that we will ever do in our lives. But you know what's even harder than that? It's forgiving this person, forgiving ourselves, right? Sometimes we're great at forgiving others, but we won't forgive ourselves. Even though you may have a relationship with Christ and you know that Christ has forgiven you of everything, you still won't forgive yourself because forgiveness is hard to give. It's hard to give to others, but it's really, really hard to give to ourselves. And so when Christ calls us to forgive, he's also talking about, hey, Scott, you can forgive yourself for those things you've done. You can forgive yourself for those paths that you've been down because I've already forgiven you. And what's helped me over the years to truly forgive myself is to realize just how much Christ has forgiven me. Matthew chapter 1, verse 20 through 21. But after he had considered this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream and said, Joseph, son of David, here it is again, do not be afraid to take Mary home as your wife because what is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will give birth to a son, and you are to give him the name Jesus, because he will save the people from their sins. God sent a Savior to save us from our sins. He sent the Messiah to forgive us of what stands in the way between us and God, and that is our sinfulness. Why did God send a Savior? Because he knew. Our greatest need was forgiveness. And when he says he forgives us, we need to take that to heart. And we need to forgive ourselves. And we need to live in the freedom that that forgiveness truly gives us instead of constantly bringing up the things that we've done that he's already forgiven us for. I think on the other end of the spectrum, a lot of times, we don't realize how much we need, we need a Savior. John 3, 16 through 17. Familiar verse to some of you. For God so loved the world that he did what? He gave. On that first Christmas, he gave his one and only son that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world but to save the world through him. He sent us a savior, not to condemn us, not to point out everything that's wrong with me and not everything that's wrong with you, but to save us. See, Jesus came that first Christmas to resolve our guilt so that we don't have to live with the guilt of our past and the shame of our past, that we can truly forgive ourselves. 
And I think Christmas is just a great time to think about all of that forgiveness, not just the forgiveness Christ brings us, but the forgiveness we can give to others and the forgiveness we can give to ourselves. The King James Version says, unto you is born a Savior. That's our biggest need. Problem is we get in the way. We get in the way of receiving that forgiveness because if we realize that we need forgiveness, that means we got to admit we've done something wrong, right? I don't know about you, but I don't like to admit when I'm wrong. But when I am wrong, my wife makes me tell her over and over again, I was wrong, I was wrong, I was wrong, right? We don't like to admit that, and that's kind of the problem when it comes to our sinfulness. You know, we have to first admit that we've done something wrong, that we've sinned, we've fallen short before we ever see the need to have a Savior. But what happens is our pride gets in the way. That ugly pride says, you know what? I haven't done anything wrong. I'm right. But once we can get past that point and receive the forgiveness that Christ offers us, then we're in a better position to offer that forgiveness to somebody else, right? But I'll tell you what's gonna happen. When you go to forgive somebody else, that same pride that originally kept you from accepting Christ is still gonna get in the way. Because we're gonna, our pride's gonna say, I don't wanna let them off the hook. I don't wanna forgive them for hurting me and for what they've done. But if we can get to that step where we forgive others, not only is that a, that's an incredible witness to that person of Christ's love, isn't it, when we can forgive them, but it frees us up. That's why God says you need to forgive. It frees us up of the bitterness and the, the resentfulness and all those things we carry towards other people. When we can actually forgive them, it stops the hurt within us. So Christmas should be a great reminder to us, get rid of your worries, your fears, build those relationships, reconcile with people the way Christ reconciled us, and to either receive forgiveness if you never have or or offer forgiveness to the people in your life you need to offer forgiveness to. What does that do? When we do those things we've talked about that Christmas reminds us of, it strengthens us, doesn't it? It strengthens our faith. People always say, well, I want to go deeper with Christ, and I want to do this. Listen, being deep with Christ means actually doing what he says to do. To be a disciple of Christ, we have to model Christ in our life, and we have to do what he calls us to do. Christmas is also a great time to tell other people about Jesus, to tell them that God cares about them, that he loves them, that they matter to him, and he wants a relationship with them. See, God sent Jesus that first Christmas to also to, to bring us hope to bring every single person in this world hope. And you think about it, so many things in this world are out of reach for us, right? There's just certain things we're not going to be able to have just because of who we are or how much we have. Everything's not equitable in this world. A couple of weeks ago, Lisa and I went down to Florida, and even at our age, we walked on the beach hand in hand. It's pretty cool. But we're looking... And all these houses and all these condos are thinking, what in the world do these people do for a living? We just assume they're all drug dealers or something. I don't know. But, you know, they're, they're just magnificent. 
And I know that's out of reach to me. I'm not going to have an oceanfront condo. And that's the way the world is. So many things are out of reach to us. They're out of, we're ne- just because of who we are or where we are or what we make or what we do, there's just certain things we're not going to be able to do that other people are going to be able to do, right? But it's not that way with Jesus. Every single solitary human being is on equal ground when it comes to receiving the gift of Christ. The rich, the poor, the healthy, the sick, the prideful, the humble, the greatest sinner to the, to the least sinner. We're all on equal ground when it comes to Christ because he's available to all of us. That's the hope that God sent that first Christmas. And how cool is that, that it's available to every single person? I can't think of a better time of year to come to Christ than Christmas or or a better time to even come back to Christ. I mean, let's admit it. There's those times we drift. I know there's times in my life I've drifted pretty far away from the Lord. There's never a bad time to come back to the Lord, but I think Christmas is a great time to do that. And the Old Testament would agree with me, Hosea 1012b, for now is the time to seek the Lord, that he may come and shower what Abraham talked about last week, righteousness upon you. Christmas time is a great time to turn back to Christ or to turn to Christ for the very first time. And maybe you have been thinking about it. Maybe you've been pondering it for years and yet we're in the middle of December and you look at your life and you look back on this year and, and, and yet you've gone through another year without making a decision to trust Christ. Maybe you thought you had to do something to gain Christ or you had to stop doing something in order to gain Christ. Listen, it's already been done. He gave us the gift that very first Christmas. And that gift, uh, gift was fulfilled when Jesus went to the cross and subsequently rose from the dead. Now's the time. Now's the time to come to Christ or come back to Christ. If you've never invited Christ into your life, let him be Lord and Savior. That is God's gift to us that he brought that first Christmas. And frankly, it's the best gift we're ever going to receive. And having Christ allows us to do these things we've talked about, to truly cast our worries and anxieties on him to truly try our best to humble ourselves in those relationships and improve those relationships. You can't control the other person, but you can control yourself. And to truly start to forgive others. I think if we do those three things, Christmas is gonna be different this year. And again, just like those traditions in your family remind your kids of things, remind you of things about Christmas, you think about those throughout the whole year. Think about these things, not just at Christmas, but all throughout the year. Because these big three, I'll call them, they're things we struggle with each and every day. Let's pray together. God, thank you so much for, for Christmas and the Christmas story and just the reminder of what you truly gave us that first Christmas. And Christ, the forgiveness that you paid for for each of us. God, you sent us the very, very best because you love us. Thank you for these practical things that we can do with our family and with our friends and with even complete strangers. 
Lord, help us just to, all those anxieties we brought in here and those, those struggles, the worries, the fears, help us to truly turn those over to you and realize, yes, you're our Lord and Savior, but we gotta trust you every single day. Knowing that you're not gonna abandon us, you're not gonna avoid us, you're gonna walk through life with us. Show us those people in our lives where we may need to reconcile a little bit. We may need to patch up some things that are broken in our relationships. Lord, you're the only one that can convince us to do that. So show us as those things surface over the next couple weeks, over the next month. Maybe you're watching from home or you're here and you've never trusted Christ. You've never invited him into your life. Maybe you did grow up in that environment where you just figured, I'm never gonna be good enough. What the church is telling me, I'll never be good enough. And you went your own way. Listen, Christ meets all of us wherever we're at in life. He's just waiting. He just desires us to come to him. So I wanna encourage you, why don't you do that today? Why don't you just invite him into your life? And you don't have to pray out loud. I'll lead you in a prayer to do that. Just say, Jesus, you know what? I know I'm lost without you. I know I'm a sinner. I I admit I've done wrong. And I know that sin separates me from you. But I'm crossing the line of faith today. I'm inviting you into my life. I'm asking you to be Lord of my life and forgive me of my sin. And if you pray that, Christ comes into your life. There's a party going on in heaven on your behalf right now for making that decision. And it's a journey. Christ walks with us every single day. God, for those of us that are here, maybe there's folks here that have been following you for years and have a relationship with you. Help us to do the things you call us to do. Help us to truly live out the things that we talk about and put into our lives. Help us to always reflect you wherever we go. And when we don't, to quickly correct it. Say, hey, you know what? That wasn't... That wasn't the way I should have handled that. And in humility, apologize. Lord, we love you. We praise you. In Jesus' name, amen. Now, as we finish up, there's a couple things I want to do. First of all, at the end of this service, I'm going to show you our year-end video. We try to put together a year-end video each year that kind of summarizes some of the things we've done as a church together. Uh, And I want you to know none of that would be possible. This place would not be possible without you, without your faithfulness, without your generosity, without your prayers, without, uh, you know, your service to others. So we've kind of put that together, and I'm going to show you that in a minute. But before we get there, this coming Friday, the 22nd, December the 22nd, if you have a middle schooler or a high schooler, or you're a middle schooler or a high schooler, and you're in here, Middle school is going to meet from 5.30 to 7 this Friday night. They're having a gingerbread house competition. Um, the young adults did this on uh, Thursday night, and hopefully the middle school schoolers will do a better job than our young adults did decorating. No, they had a blast. But it'll be an awesome time for your middle schoolers, so make sure they come out as they get ready to uh, take a break, you know, for the Christmas holidays. But 5.30 to 7, and then at... Seven o'clock, our high schoolers are getting together to have a white elephant party. And I want to point out 
one, just one thing on this slide. You may not be able to read it from where you're at, but bring a wrapped $10 gift to play must be appropriate. I love that. I know how high school kids think. You know, an appropriate gift to exchange with others, all right? Uh, but they'll have an awesome time, and if they happen to grab a friend at the last minute to bring with them, we'll have some extra gifts so that nobody uh, is singled out and everybody can play. But a great time for our youth coming up this Friday, so make sure uh, you get them out and you invite others to attend. Uh, last thing I want to remind you, just get those service times out for us, and we are going to close with this video, and from the bottom of my heart, thank you for everything you do, and we'll see you next Sunday.